If you're as big a fan of nut milk as I am, you've probably heard of a nifty little kitchen gadget called the Nutter. And no, this is not associated in any way with Nutter Butters. If you haven't heard about it, the Nutter is a sleek looking, compact machine that turns nuts into nut milk. Now, you may be saying, okay, Brayden, but I can also make nut milk with a blender and cheesecloth. And yes, you can, but the Nutter makes the process way easier by removing the need to soak the nuts and making cleanup a much smoother process. It's great for the environment and your wallet. Nutter users produce much less waste from milk cartons and save tons on nut milk over time. It's so good that OnPoint's CEO constantly reminds us that everyone needs one. Click the link in the description to get yourself a Nutter and start making delicious homemade nut milk combinations. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had something incredibly delicious in your freezer, but you only wanted to eat part of it, not the whole thing, but you have to thaw the whole thing because you don't have anything strong enough to break it apart? Same. And that's where Super Cubes comes in. These will take your meal prep game to the next level. Made from flexible material, these containers are split into sections. So you can freeze either sections of the same dish or different dishes entirely within each section. Simply take the Super Cube out of the freezer, pop out the section you want to eat, thaw it, and put the container back in the freezer. Grab yourself a pack of Super Cubes using the link in the description and upgrade your meal prep. Featured in Forbes magazine as one of the best collagen powders of 2022, Vital Proteins delivers exceptional quality when it comes to supplements. This stuff is so good. Even Jennifer Aniston, yes, that Jennifer Aniston, endorses it. Why take a collagen supplement? Well, it is a key component of connective tissue in the body, the stuff that provides structure to skin and connects bones, joints, muscles, and ligaments. Getting enough collagen in the diet can improve areas such as flexibility, strength, and overall movement. Check out Vital Proteins Collagen Powder and all the other fantastic supplements they carry by clicking the link in the description. Once we've actually solidified the concept and given it like something concrete to grasp onto, then we can actually go about shifting or changing it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Food Fundamentals with On Point Nutrition, where we debunk diet culture and provide you with actionable steps to help you become your healthiest self, whatever that looks like for you. My name is Braden. I'm a dietitian at On Point Nutrition and your host for Food Fundamentals. A healthy lifestyle begins with the brain. That big organ made of fat living in our skull controls every single thing about us, including our decision-making. When we don't spend time nurturing this delicate organ and strengthening it, just as we would strengthen our muscles, our decisions can become blurred and difficult, leading to barriers while learning new healthy habits. 
One mindfulness skill in particular that can aid the habit learning process is the power of naming. Not sure if y'all have seen The Conjuring, but names have a lot of power. That nun still haunts my sleep. To help unpack this theory and relate it to different areas of wellness, I've brought on life coach and entrepreneur Alexis Gervin. Alexis is a writer, coach, and leadership development consultant originally from Albany, New York. Coaching teams and individuals within the for-profit and nonprofit sectors, Alexis's work is energized by the things beneath the surface, driven by the cultivation of healthy, humble, and self-aware leadership. After receiving her bachelor's in communication arts from Gordon College, she worked for nearly a decade in management, training, and leadership development for Lululemon Athletica. She went on to certify in the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator and the Five Voices with Giant Worldwide, gaining leadership tools for leading others in developing communication competencies and relational trust. Over the last seven years, her coaching has included working with teams in the health and wellness space, the energy sector, commercial real estate, the police force, international peacekeeping, healthcare, and a variety of startup endeavors. After living in multiple cities throughout the US, she's recently landed back in Albany, New York to do life with her immediate family and serve the community her roots were planted in years ago. Alexis, my personal friend, Hello, how are you? So good. So good to be with you, Ray. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. So listeners, we actually worked together at Lululemon, which is how Alexis and I initially met and mm -hmm. had incredible conversations. And it's just amazing to think about meeting people and just not knowing where the connections can lead totally. down the line. We would, we'll say it all the time, right? That divine conversations happened over stretchy pants. Exactly. And so, so many of our good friends, that's the case. So it's, it's profound to see where we've all gone since then. Yes. So if you guys need some good conversation in your life, just grab your leggings, <laughs> grab a friend and head to the table and start folding. <laughs> that's all it takes. Um, quite a resume, Miss Alexis, and so happy that you're seeing success in your business and what you're doing and following your passion. And I'm so excited for this conversation because you have so much wisdom mm -hmm. to share in this category of mindfulness. And I've learned so much from you personally, and I'm excited to teach mm -hmm. people at home some valuable things as well. So I, I just want to start by explaining what the heck we're talking about with the power of naming and how it can potentially relate to the habit forming process because that's what yep. we're in the business of right yeah. yeah when we're working on nutrition when we're working on life itself a yeah. lot of times we're working on building these positive habits so sure. can you please dive into that a little bit for us for sure yeah I um, will say it very often that you can't change what you don't name exactly. and right. You can't transform what you don't first admit to. And that's kind of another way of putting it, but the capacity that we have as humans with language and the capacity we have to actually articulate and to vocalize and to put verbiage to what's going on underneath the surface is really profound when you think about it, right? We're the only animals that do that. And 
we then, because of that, have the capacity to change things. Once we've actually put verbiage and vocabulary to a concept or to a feeling or to a habit, then once it's once it's named, once it has its actual, once we've given it solidif- solidity, once we've actually solidified the concept mm-hmm. and given it like something concrete to grasp onto, mm-hmm. then we can actually go about shifting or changing it. And the process, one of the main processes that I'll use so often in the world of knowing yourself to lead yourself in the world of leadership development is actually grasping the difference between tendencies and patterns and just how powerful it is to actually name our tendencies Mm. because likely we're all wired with tendencies, right? That have come from nature, nurture choices that we've made. And from those tendencies, we get patterns Mm -hmm. that lead to actions. Actions always have consequences and consequences lead to our reality. And so this kind of ongoing concept of that, uh, that kind of ongoing concept is what breeds, what, what brings about life. Like that is our life. And when we think about our reality, it's really interesting to think through, okay, if our reality is what we want it to be great, we don't necessarily have to think through all of the tendencies and the patterns that have got us there. But if there's something about our reality that we don't like, that's not serving us, it's not serving others. It's really beneficial to reverse engineer that process and to think back through okay what are the consequences that got me here what are the actions that led to those consequences and I will probably never change the tendencies that are hardwired into me but I can for sure change the patterns that come out of those tendencies if I'm intentional if I slow down long enough to take a deep breath to name what it is I want to change and then to shift that pattern of behavior it's like behavior is like psych 101 Mm-hmm. But like a classic example for me, I'll give you just a really genuine, honest example for me is that I grew up in a family that loved asking questions and loved almost um, interviewing people when they would come to our dinner table. Like that was kind of the joke at our family was if you that came to the Griffin's table, totally, <laughs> if you came to the Griffin's kitchen table, you're going to get interviewed. And, you know, by nature, most people like to talk about themselves. So it worked well in terms of us becoming people that asked questions, that delved in, that were interested versus being interesting. And when my sister started dating the guy that she married, my now brother-in-law, he he really made this made it evident to us that this idea, that this feeling, this vibe at our kitchen table really did feel more like interviewing than an actual exchange, like than an actual conversation. Yeah. And so I started being, I just started growing aware of, okay, how many other people on the other side of me actually just feel like I'm constantly pelting questions out to them versus actually letting them ping pong questions back to me sharing something about myself, being vulnerable enough to open up and share about myself. So tendency for me is pretty much always to want to ask questions. But I learned that the reality that that was giving me was not necessarily what I wanted on the other side. So Mm -hmm. the pattern shift that I had to move into and the pattern shift I've really been working on these last 10 years at this point is being both interested and interesting. Mm. and letting myself ask questions but then pause and even if someone hasn't asked me the perfect question back sharing a little bit about myself sharing a story sharing a concept sharing something I'm thinking about so that it does feel on the other side of me like I'm engaging not interviewing yes yes that's a great example I think an example for a lot of people when talking about this could be sleep 
Mm. And we have this idea in our modern world of social jet lag is what it's called, mm. what they're calling it nowadays. Again, naming, calling it. Yeah. But it can be a very subconscious tendency for people to just stay up late and not mm. think about their sleep quality and how that affects everything for the next day. And then wow. that trails into your motivation for cooking, your energy levels to, to build these habits, right? It, I talk about, we call sleep the fourth macronutrient for a reason, but mm. that would be an example that maybe some folks at home are thinking about, oh shoot, you're right. Like I have to actually put a name to that and, mm -hmm. and think about it. It's, it's similar to like the grieving process as well. Mm -hmm. If we're, if we're grieving something, we have to actually, there's five steps to the grieving process. I can't name all of them. That's not really my thing, but similar thing there. Yeah. And I would say just the power of intentionality versus accidentalism. Yes. Naming really gives us the capacity to be intentional about shifting a pattern, shifting a habit, shifting something that we want to shift versus just accidentally sort of being on autopilot and, you know, rotating, moving through life with just these like auto automatic patterns that are never really recognized for what they are and for what they're producing. And when you think about to the definition of self-awareness, there's so many, but there's one that I love that just really focuses on the capacity that we have to actually pause in a moment, recognize the impact that moment will have on the, on the coming moments and not be on autopilot. Like that's that in and of itself is a really powerful way to think about growing in self-awareness for the sake of knowing ourselves to lead ourselves, not just knowing ourselves to know ourselves and let ourselves fall into patterns knowing ourselves to lead ourselves well. Yes, I love what you said in the beginning too about the animal kingdom. Like we are not rabbits, you know? We're not like hunger, <laughs> sleep, kill, hunt. Right. Like, right. You know, like we, have, yes. <laughs> we yes. have these capacities as humans yeah. uh, to be able to think about the future and to be able to think about our the consequences of our actions. And that goes for ourselves. And that's positive and negative consequences. Right. I don't want totally. people to think that they're just like, we're not talking about just negative things here, negative habits. We're also talking about think be, having the capacity to think about positive habits as well. And what, and that's the whole, that's kind of the whole point of this, right? Like naming not only the negative ones, but naming the positive ones that maybe we want to include more of in our lives. But again, we need to know we need to have that name. We need to have that goal in order to be able to work towards it. Right. So absolutely love that. Okay, so we've got the power of naming, putting a name to thing, theorizing, whatever, giving it a definition, a title. So I wanna talk about this idea in a couple specific areas of wellness. And I think the first one is something that a lot of people struggle with these days and it's becoming more and more of an issue both environmentally and i guess food counts as your environment right but it's affected by the food that we eat but it's also affected by uh, the habits and other external factors that we're experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis and i'm talking about mental health so that could be sleep that could be stress that could be just the amount of screen time that we're getting like all these things contribute to this this issue but 
Could you talk about the idea of the power of naming in terms of mental health and how we could maybe apply it to certain situations to improve that area? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I'll talk about often with one-on-one clients as we're kind of diving into their internal narrative, really thinking about how they think and how they talk to themselves. I will often use the term coaching yourself versus listening to yourself. And really what that boils down to and and why we talk about that kind of a concept is because, you know, just like you said, you've got messages, we've got messages coming in to us from such a plethora of places at this point, you know, we don't have to go find noise. That was the norm for the longest time. We'd go find (laughs) entertainment, we'd go find amusement, we'd go find even people to connect with other than the people that, you know, we lived with. Um, Now we have all these channels that are constantly coming at us. And that we, if we're not intentional to turn off those channels, then we have just a constant bombardment of concepts and theories and images and comparisons to make. And so if we're not careful, if we don't anchor ourselves, we will drift. Like there's no, there's no way that without anchoring ourselves in a world like ours on some specific truth that we really want to root in, mm-hmm. then undoubtedly we will be blown like a wave and blown like a a ship in the sea on the waves just tossed about so frequently and so often and that can be day to day you know that can be week to week and hour by hour so the concept of really looking at what is it that I want to root myself in what are the truths that I want to come back to all throughout the day and really make it so that I have almost had a great day before I go out into the world. I had a really wonderful mentor who used to talk about having a great day before he ever had a great day. Like Mm. in the mornings, he had his morning rhythms that were solid where he'd get up, he'd drink his water, he would read, he would write a little bit, he would pray, then he'd have his coffee, you know, he'd go through like the rituals that he really loved that made him who he was so that when he walked out the door, he had already had a great day. And it sort of wired him to then be able to be what I would say um, process-based versus outcomes-based and to be the type of person that regardless of what that day tossed at him, he was solid. He was firm because he knew he, he had set his mind at the beginning of the day, sort of like pointed his ship and course, like put, put his trajectory forward and made it a really intentional thought process, made his thought process intentional at the beginning of the day for the sake of whatever happened through the day, not wavering him and not not pushing him aside. So yeah. I think a, a really wonderful idea in this whole realm of mental health is actually naming, okay, what are the truths that are true about me that I believe? What are mm-hmm. the truths that I know about the world that are true that I'm going to anchor in for then the sake of not necessarily being blown and tossed like a ship on the waves. Yeah, I love the idea of having those virtues and morals and ethics that you root in yeah. for yourself because yeah. that acts as a guidepost. Totally. For sure. A, a guidepost that then can be, I mean, for many, it's a, a number of affirmation statements that they declare at the beginning of the morning or, um, you know, a post-it note with an I am statement or two yes. that is declared. For myself, one of the greatest things that I have continued to press into now the last few years is this whole idea of having nothing to prove, nothing to hide, and nothing to lose. 
and asking myself basically those questions as I go into something. Do I have something to prove? Do I have something to hide? Do I have something to lose? And if any of those, if I answer yes to any of those, then it's up to me before I go into an interaction, before I go into a conversation or a workshop or just a coffee shop meeting, am I able to get myself, it's up to me to get myself down to the baseline of, I have nothing to prove. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to hide because what that does by nature is puts up walls of self-preservation, mm-hmm. right? Like when you walk into something and you have something to prove, mm-hmm. you feel like you're trying to hide something or you feel like, you know, there's something that you're about to lose. Then by nature, you're going to just, there's going to be walls that go up mm-hmm. and then you're interacting with another human where undoubtedly there are walls of self-preservation that they're coming at you with as well. So it creates all this like, dissidence right like this noise in an interaction versus actually just being able to be human to human honest and real and so a lot of that though starts with our internal rhetoric and what's going on in our head so being able to name even just some of those questions like or statements really for me now nothing to prove nothing to hide nothing to lose that's that's really key for me in going into interactions healthfully Mm, i love that and i think it's so interesting when i'm talking with clients sometimes they're naming all of the negatives and they're not naming any of the positives so when we're talking about naming here we're not necessarily just talking about hey you got to put like definite you got to go into webster's dictionary and like put a definition on this thing like not necessarily no we're it can be creating it can be uh like you said affirmations but we have to consciousness consciousness is is the key here if, if you're just allowing that negative rhetoric to flood your brain every single day mm-hmm. and you're only mm-hmm. focusing and naming those negative habits and never putting focus and energy into naming the positive ones then mm-hmm. nothing's going to change mm-hmm. so i love what you said there about having those three things i say all the time like create a mantra for yourself it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be at the top of a mountain and like robes meditating to say this <laughs> mantra. Like you can say it whenever, just throughout right. the day. Like make it, make it a screensaver on your phone. If that's like just writing, writing something down can be part of this power of naming idea. Yeah. But it has to be something relating to the person that you want to be. Right. A hundred percent. And I'm, I'm with you in the, the positivity element of it, really writing it in the affirmative, not the mm-hmm. negative, right? The, the positive versus the negative and articulating it, what it is that you really desire to emulate and desire to create. Um, I will say always we have the capacity through language to redeem time mm-hmm. and to really allow and to usher in redemptive moments. And that, you know, there's a lot of probably spiritual component to that for me, but at the same time, the reality of knowing very well that interacting with others and interacting even just with ourselves in our own minds really does take pausing, thinking about what we're thinking about and recognizing we will become what we are thinking about. I heard a great leader the other day that I love, John Mark Comer, um, said in a speech the other day that he was giving, just said, um, we will become what we're thinking about in 10 years, what we're thinking about today, like Mm. what we dwell on. We we become what we dwell on. And energy and thought process is such a commodity at this point today, which is why Facebook, Instagram is going for it, right? Is so trying to just suck it up because they know it is 
Yeah. It's a commodity. And so if we can actually recognize that and channel that and um, harness it for the sake of the good, like you're saying, for the sake of the positive, and yeah. rather than just letting them, you know, do letting letting yeah. marketing and branding world sort of take over our brains, I think it's worthwhile. That brings up a <laughs> in Casey Neistat, just he's a YouTuber. He just made a video about the new Apple headset. Have you seen Apple's new VR headset? No. It's insane. It's insane. It's thirty five hundred dollars, and it's the future. Oh we are living in Ready Player One, but in in his video, yeah. he literally puts a scene from Ready Player One in there where, where the, it's like the big bad is like, studies have shown that we can get up to eighty percent of a person's visual field with advertisements before they have a seizure or something like that. It's like a it's like a, a satire of of like what these companies are doing nowadays. They're just taking right. all of your mental energy and attention. Right, it's literally what they are in the business of is ads which are yes. your mental energy and your focus. Yes. So you have to be intentional about it, especially in today's world. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. We're gonna take a short break from the episode to talk about the latest and greatest from On Point Nutrition, but not to worry, we'll be back with more amazing content in just a second. According to the CDC, an estimated 96 million adults over the age of 18 had prediabetes in 2019. And currently, there are over 37 million Americans with diabetes, with 90 to 95% of them having type 2. Unfortunately, our current food system in America makes it easier than ever to create conditions that lead to prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. But here's the good news. Diet and lifestyle interventions are the number one way to reverse prediabetes or manage diabetes symptoms. The food we eat, the way we move, the quality of our sleep, and more all have profound effects on one's risk of developing these two conditions. This is why the team at On Point Nutrition created our Diabetes Self-Guided Program. Join me as we cover how to reduce the risk of developing prediabetes and how to manage diabetes symptoms with easy to follow videos, tons of downloadable resources, and even a few quizzes to help you remember the information. We are offering an exclusive 10% off all self-guided courses just for listeners of Food Fundamentals. Use the code FOODFUNDAMENTALS, all one word, at checkout. This code is good for any of our self-guided courses. A study published in 2021 in the journal Family Practice concluded that working with a nutrition coach resulted in a significant improvement in clinical outcomes, including weight, A1C, and even reducing medication use. Not only are you working with a professional when you work with a nutrition coach, you're also able to build a real relationship with them over time. You get to know one another on a more personal level, and that's where the real magic comes from. That personal connection allows the nutrition coach to tailor their recommendations specifically to you and your lifestyle, resulting in a higher average percentage of sustainable behavior change. And that's what we're focused on here at On Point Nutrition, sustainable change, because that's what leads to lasting success. So. If you're tired of the yo-yo diets, the online platforms with no human connection, and you're ready to build habits that stick, click the link in the podcast description to schedule your free consult. Okay, incredible. 
all good stuff. So I want to move on to power of naming in terms of relationships. Now, there's more and more research coming out about the relationship, <laughs> the relationship between relationships and community and your overall well-being and finding these studies are finding that those with healthier relationships with healthier communities, more community, tend to live longer, tend to be happier, tend to have less chronic disease. There's uh, studies in blue zones as well with similar results. So it's very, very important. And it's also important for accountability. It's important for having support system. So let's talk about power of naming in terms of relationships and maybe how we can resolve conflicts or, or issues that we're finding in these relationships. Yeah. Um, just one thing I'll say to your point around the health that comes from and the necessity of being in community um, for the sake of our overall health. Again, there's a great thinker I love who just basically says our greatest wounds will come from community and our greatest wounds will actually come from relationship, but also so does our greatest healing. And okay. so very often it's going to be sticky. Relationships are sticky. People are sticky. It's why yes. I know I will always have a job, right? Is because there is, there's always people work yeah. to be done. And as soon as you never graduate from the school of self-awareness, mm, right? Like you yeah. will always be in this process. And as soon as you think you know yourself fully, then you have a new relationship come into your life or a new colleague that you're starting to interact with or a new project that all of a sudden brings up a new aspect of you that you didn't even know existed. Yes. And so being able to recognize that we as humans are dynamic beings who are changing until the day that we die. Like we are either growing or we're dying, right? We're either moving forward or we're moving backwards, but we're always moving. We are dynamic humans until the day we die. And so why not harness that for the sake mm. of growth, for the sake of positive movement forward, um, for the sake of really becoming who we want to become rather than just sinking into what anybody else is going to make us, what the world is going to make us, what the, you know, algorithms are going to form us into. AI um, is coming. Yeah. That's oh, man. I, I just had that conversation. I won't get off on this topic. Yeah. I just had that conversation <laughs> this morning with someone because it's it's looking so helpful right now. It's looking so, yes. you know, benevolent and so... Um, just so kind, you know, and, and like, man, it's just like, like Facebook was how many years ago when we thought, Oh, it's just this little thing that you like hop on, you connect with your friends and now it's taken over the world on yeah. social media. We didn't know what social media we have was. Meta. We have Oculus yes, we have meta. And so now I just think so yeah. much about what we are, what we are sacrificing, which we do not even recognize as we are moving into this world of AI, where all of a sudden we are not, we don't have to think anymore. Uh. And yeah. so it looks really convenient, but what is it creating? What are we becoming? I don't even want to know. So yeah, there's a part of me, that's... I know I know you and I are probably on different sides of this one because I'm like, I'm not getting a pair of those goggles. <laughs> I do own an Oculus. It's fun. <laughs> I played it last night, but <laughs> I'm very conscious of it. All right. I'm trying to Good. not get sucked in. But anyways, that's a topic for another day. Yes, Here yes. we are. <laughs> so the relational component. Yeah. So the relational health and the naming, the power of naming in relationships. I think we could go so many different directions in this specific space. It's such a deep passion of mine to really understand what does healthy relationship look like? What does healthy communication look like? What does it look like to be in regular rhythms of healthy communication with the people that are most important to you and most important in your life? But I would say the thing that I really would love to focus on in this realm of naming is something that at this point I've noticed such a trend in majority of my work 
because so many people are coming back to this very thing, which is the nature of healthy conflict Mm. and how in order to do healthy conflict, well, there's a lot of naming that has to happen, but so many people deal with conflict in such unhealthy ways. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many different ways to go about it. You can absolutely dominate and drive and make people absolutely run the other direction when you are addressing conflict or addressing giving feedback. You can pull the other direction, go totally passive aggressive, pull completely back and avoid fully whatever the conflict is. But in order to do relationship well, in order to do community well, you have to learn how to do conflict well. One of my favorite statements ever is healthy conflict brings intimacy brings closeness like you actually have the capacity to be closer to the person that you're in conflict with if you do it well versus if you never had that conflict and you just sort of sailed on through life so in thinking about that i just was thinking through the naming of the steps there's these four steps that i've been loving from a author um rich Volides, who actually runs one of the most diverse churches in new york city mm. he wrote a book called good and beautiful and kind and one of his whole chapters is on healthy conflict and how to do it well and he's so humble and so honest and so raw and he walks through how he does it with his wife but he he barely maps out these four steps that i love and i've been doing in some form or fashion for the last few years so i love that he named them Mm -hmm. and gave me like actual verbiage for it so i'll just share them because i think it's a really healthy nitty-gritty like action step or tangible nugget that listeners can take away um, from today Mm -hmm. but really so when we're thinking about conflict we're thinking about healthy conflict um addressing something that is needing addressing right when you feel like i've got something to say i've got an issue I need to bring up, I don't know how to do it. How do I healthfully do that? So the four steps that we would name in that process are asking, identifying is the second one, um, articulating is the third, and then the fourth is stating. So asking is the first, asking permission, actually asking the person, can I share with you something that Mm -hmm. has been bothering me? Mm -hmm. Just giving, setting the stage, right? Making sure that they actually are giving you the permission to share, so that they know that you're about to give them something that might be a little weighty, might be a little heavy, but you are asking their permission first. So they're giving you, granting you ideally permission to start the whole conversation. Then identifying, so stating why it's important to you that you have this conversation. So saying something like, I really value honest communication, I value transparency, I value authenticity in relationship, and I know if I were feeling, I know if, if you were feeling like I'm feeling right now, I would want you to come to me. And so I'm I'm trying to do the same thing that I would want from you. I'm trying to do that very same thing. So stating or identifying what the value is that you're approaching this whole conflict or this whole conversation from and upon. Mm-hmm. What's the foundation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then articulating. So being able to say, when you do this, I feel this way. Right? Classic. Yes, which is so, but but so helpful in light of not just saying you do this and this is wrong. Yes. When you do this, this is how I feel. Like when you do this, this is my perception. Now it's in the workplace. It's a little less feelsy, right? So you have to be able to use sometimes different terminology. This is when you do this, this is my perception of things in more personal relationships. You can use more of that feeling language. I would be a big proponent of using feeling language in the marketplace, in the office space, in the corporate spaces as Mm -hmm. well. But, you know, for different people, it's going to look differently, but 
Yeah. When you do this, I feel this. So when you say step it up, I feel like you're disappointed in my work and I'm mm -hmm. confused as to what that actually means. I don't know what step it up means. Personally, when you say whatever, it makes me feel like you're dismissing our conversation without being willing to actually get to the root of whatever it is that's going on. Or even just, I think about it from a personal standpoint, like when you leave your projects out or your shoes lying around, it makes me feel like you don't value that I try hard to keep this place clean. Mm. You know, just those kinds of things that yeah, yeah. when you do this, this is my perception. I'm sure that's not how you're trying to make me yeah, feel. Yeah. Everyone's perception is different though. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Perception's reality. Yes. And then the fourth is stating. So requesting, I think this is the part a lot of times everybody gets kind of emotionally caught in the, well, I didn't mean that that way. And so you shouldn't have taken it that way. And then it emotionally escalates and then the emotions color everything. And then you totally don't actually get down to the root of what you're trying to address Yeah, because the emotions take over. So the last part then is stating, which is requesting clearly what it is you'd like for the person to do instead. And that obviously can come in a number of different forms, but being able to make that clear, use clarity, use clear language to actually articulate for someone, this is what I prefer you do. Yes, we can kind of wrestle and go back and forth a little bit with how that might look or what you're comfortable with doing. But this is what I would ask if you're willing to do it a different way. Yeah, maybe. In, and that's, I think, is key instead of saying just stop doing that. Right. Maybe saying like offering a an alternative that would make you perceive it differently and 100%. more positively. And we used to do this at Lulu all the time, but the nature of these kinds of conversations is always done best when you double back. Mm -hmm. Like when you double back to a conversation that's happened previously, not in the heat of the moment, but after the moment's happened, maybe even a day or two after the moment's happened, coming back to actually say, hey. When this went down, this is what was going on in my head. And I really like to, I would really like to address it so that the next time this happens, we can, we have greater awareness to how to address it. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Lululemon. Good old Lululemon taught us lots of good things. Yep. Great leadership development. People I development. Would. Awesome. So Alexis, if you had to give some lasting action items for folks in this realm, what would you like to leave them with yeah i would say in the realm of naming if i can encourage anyone any day to start a journal and to <laughs> yes. use writing use the power of words use the power of pausing slowing down and putting things on a piece of paper yeah. um for the sake of moving them forward i will always encourage that and my favorite way to encourage people to start is by using gratitude to at the end of the day, make a list of three things you're grateful for. Name specifically three yes. to five things that you're grateful for each day. It gives you, I think it, it starts to exercise the muscle that we're talking about mm -hmm. of putting verbiage to just things that you're thankful for, things that you appreciate, things that you couldn't live without um, and challenge yourself to make those things different each day. Yep. Um, because That's that then awesome. really gives you the capacity to look out, think outside the box. Yeah. And it can be small changes. It doesn't have to be zero to a hundred. You know, you start working on these things one day at a time. Yeah. And that's it. But absolutely love that. And that's why we log food too. If we're talking mm -hmm. about it in terms of a nutrition standpoint, that's we're naming the foods that we're having. And I hear it all the time from clients. They start logging. They're like, whoa, I didn't even realize mm. that. Like you don't, <laughs> you're in this tendency and you find that tendency and then you're able to change it at mm -hmm. that point. So same sort of deal, journaling, love it. 
Gratitudes, love it. Every time Alexis and I are together, she always asks, always asking my gratitudes. It's amazing. She <laughs> it's keeps a staple. Me, keeps me on my toes. It's a staple. <laughs> I know. And I would say the thing I would add to that too is making time in that space for um, going off of your device. So being able to actually go in airplane mode. I they feel like that's such a trick of mine that is so basic, but so essential to actually shut down the channels yeah. of noise coming at me. So I can sit down, think without things backlit and buzzing, you know, coming at me that really using the power of the, this tool that we have, the computer in our pocket, actually using it versus letting it use us. Yes. And really then, you know, turning it off, shutting it down when we don't need it for the sake of being able to think straight and to articulate our thoughts and to name our gratitudes. I just think it's a really powerful combination. Airplane mode, people. That's it. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Alexis, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or are interested in your services? Yeah, um, they can find me on Instagram, ironically enough, um, Instagram <laughs> and LinkedIn. Those are the two that I use the most. It's at Alexis Gervin at Instagram or on Instagram. And then also LinkedIn, just my name, Alexis Gervin. And then I also do have a website, alexisgervin.com. Um, there's a running theme there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll put can... all that in the show notes too. So people will be able to see it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy. Like I said, my favorite thing to do is help people do this work to name the name what's going on underneath the surface give verbiage to all of that and it's powerful to watch what can change and what over time really the the transformation that can yeah. happen yeah amazing work you're doing so yeah. keep it up so happy for you thank you yeah. for coming on the show always a pleasure to talk with you always sometimes we just want to record our phone conversations <sighs> seriously make them we should podcast. just every single one we should just start recording uh <laughs> thank you for, thank yes. you for having me of course of course Folks at home, we are so grateful for you joining us today. If anything you heard today struck a chord in you, we encourage you to take action on it as soon as you can. Sustainable change takes consistent action. Just start with that first step. Look out for a new episode of Food Fundamentals every other week and have a great rest of your day. If you found this episode helpful, share the love. Send this to family and friends. Post it on all of the stories. Make sure you tag us at On Point Nutrition if you do. And give us a follow while you're there for plenty more nutrition tips on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. If you're interested in learning how On Point can help you reach your nutrition goals, head to onpoint-nutrition.com to schedule a free consultation.